0: Woo-hoo. steamroller yes. use <laughs> <laughs> all right um what do we got on deck for today
1: oh one of our favorite things we have an item from the mail bag you've got mail so here's what we got and it's it's in the context of a larger note but the basic question is this I'm getting questions about my utilization of the software that we spent. So I think they mean the amount of money that they spent on security software. And the question is, how do I measure and then tell people about the value I'm getting? That last part I paraphrased. And I think this is a great freaking question because you and I talk all the time about the risks of shiny objects. Um, We've done any number of reports in the past on the amount of security technology that goes underutilized. Um, I always say that security is the chief form of shelfware of any software products, right? And I always use the the treadmill metaphor, right? That that people buy security software because just like a treadmill, it feels great the day you buy it. And then you're hanging clothes on it three weeks later because you never changed your habits. And it's the same with security. So I figured it's a great mailbag for us, right? So as somebody who owns responsibility for the budget of a pretty big company who's been the CISO of a really big company and had to worry about it. How did you approach the problem of making sure you're getting your money's worth out of the technologies or services or what have you that were part of your security budget? And then how did you explain it to the folks you were talking to?
0: Uh, that's a good one. There's a, there's a couple sides I would uh, kind of approach it from, and I'm not uh, not sure the best one to start with, but I'll start with, um, with yours, saying from the from the position that I'm in today, mm-hmm. right? Not, not only here with New Harbor, but like what I see, like our clients deal with. Um, the question will inevitably come up, right? And it may not be here today, may not be here next year or the year after, but eventually, there's going to be some type of a regime change or a business strategy is going to change where people look internally at their spending and the questions come up, especially if you have large, large line items, right. Of saying like, Hey, why are we spending millions of dollars or half a million dollars on this thing? Right. What is it? It does security stuff, but we don't know what it does. Like how do you, how do you justify that? Mm -hmm. If people aren't prepared to tell a story, um, especially in the eyes of like procurement and people who are controlling the budget, um, it can kind of put you on your, on your heels a little bit. Um, you know, what I, I mean, what, what I look for here and for other clients is, um, is you've gotta, you've, you've gotta be able to tell a story to it, right? What, how does it enable the security program? What part of the security strategy is it, is it enabling for you? Um, if you have, Uh, a tool or a system or a platform that's enabling how people work. Like you have to be able to tell that story. Like, and, um, but more importantly, like you've got to put it in terms like business terms that, um, like a non-security person can, can understand. Hmm. And in my experience, um, and I, I really wish it wasn't the case. Um, I've seen more success, um, with folks describing what would be missing if you took it out, then you would be like, what you're gaining by having it. Right. Like I would, I, I, I would, I would rather be on like the benefit side of it, but um, it's seemingly, it seems like the the lack of capabilities seems to tell a better story. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating for, for that, but I'm just matter, matter of fact is like what I've seen. Um, so that's, that's kind of one side. The other side is, like, just being, like, a true practitioner. Um, what, how how I approached it when I was in industry where people, I mean, it, it happened all the time. Um, and there's, uh, there's, there, there's, there's a couple reasons to it. One is just, like, it, it, it honestly got becomes shelfware. Like, it doesn't get used and people ask, should you cut it? But more importantly, like, or also important is saying, like, this thing costs a lot of money. We see it's in use. Like, what does it do help us justify it? Can you reduce the cost somehow? And so um, in those cases, um, how I've kind of approached um, evangelizing the value of this thing, um, I've broken it down into three different mechanisms that I use to keep Valuable security tools installed, even though budgets are tight. And so, um, the first one that I would do is, if there was more features to be enabled in the tool, I would try to enable them. Right. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm going I'm gonna make up a, I'm going to make up an example. Could be real, could could not be real. But like, let's just say you're uh you're a Palo Alto customer, right? And saying mm-hmm. it's expensive. There's a lot of capabilities in it. Um, I want to keep it installed, but people are asking if we need to spend as much as we do on it. Um, in, that, in that scenario, I'm looking to enable more features, more things in the tool. I'm looking to add more value to the business and potentially consolidate other people's tooling into this one to create a central source of tooling value. Right? I'm saying, instead of shutting my tools down let's think about how we consolidate others into this one so I can keep all the goodness that, that I have going on, right? So I'm kind of in, the first one is I'm, I'm enabling features in the existing tooling that I have in order to tell a better story and um, articulate better business value. Um, the second thing that I would always do is I would call the vendor um, and and my, my security partner is saying, hey, we've made this investment. Can you help me make the case? Or is there something that other people are doing that I haven't thought of yet? Or are there um, storylines that you can help equip me with to basically get me ready for conversations with procurement or executive management as to the value of what this thing does? Right? So that's the second one. So the first one
1: is enabling more features. The
0: second one is calling a vendor. And then the third one is um, getting consensus from internal stakeholders. So if, if I know that I have tooling that could be potentially on the chopping block, Um, but I know that day could be coming, Um, I'm going around working with internal stakeholders, my business peers, department heads, um, making them aware of the tooling that we have and try to get them on board to use it with me. Um, So that way, if the cut were to come to some of my security tooling, not only does the security department lose, but other departments lose as well, right? And it creates more of like a business case of saying like, hey, you actually can't take this out because there's, there's a lot of people actually using it. And so um, as, a, as a practitioner, those are the three tactics that I would normally use in order to, to justify and keep, keep tooling that, that might be on the chopping block.
1: I love it. And, and I'm going to take what you just said and I'm going to wind it back through the time machine to for the person who asked, maybe part of the question, I mean, clearly, I think you hit the nail on the head with what they're worried about right now. But maybe there is a way that they wouldn't find themselves in this position in the first place. So if I wind back sort of the hands of time and I think about what you had said that, you know, sometimes pitching on the lack of capability, right, is the way that you you preserve you know, something that you need. I was thinking about the R4 process, right? Request for proposal, request for information, whatever. Um if I did what you just described at the end, like I seriously running it backwards through time. So I know that there are stakeholders who need what I have. So, and what I'm going to get. So I talked to the stakeholders as I'm building out the RFP for whatever the software is going to be, or the request for quote for the process, for what it's going to be. And now these other departments said, well, I like what you're doing. Can it also do this other small thing? And that finds its way as a requirement into the RFP, so they find themselves associated with it. So that by the time you make the selection, and you can even do it ensemble, right, with the team, you make the decision of what it is, they feel both a party to... That decision, so they feel some personal investment in its ongoing success, and you've already preset the organization's expectation for the value that's going to be delivered from someone who's not you. If it's your budget center, right? So I think that that was a really, really smart. You're talking about using it sort of ex post facto to ensure that you get to keep what you have, but I think that same smart idea applied before the process, you know, creates a more bulletproof approach to it. If I can change, if I, if I can add one more thing to it. Yeah. It's sort of this idea of ongoing measurement, right? So part of the proposal should be myself and now these stakeholders that you've brought to the table need this particular technology or service from cybersecurity perspective to do X. And here's what we're going to report on. Things like adoption rate, things like find rate, things like decreased cost of ownership, whatever the hell it is. right? You put those things together and you start reporting on them so that whoever said yes, you can go get it, you not only have created your cabal of support, right, which I think is a great idea, but now you've created what the results are, and so that anybody, even outside that group, who says, yeah, this is a good idea based on the measurements, can't come back later and say, oh, hey, you know that, not so much. It's like, well, dude, we did this because of this and this and this, and if those measurements are things like, we expect to block, you know, 100 attacks a month or uh, 1,000 corrupt email messages from getting through, yeah, then... I can actually report on and then say, "Okay, well, we can do that," but you realize that we will no longer be blocking all these messages, or we will no longer be identifying all these things, and that is going to be a hard pill for anybody to swallow from their own sort of personal political capital perspective. So I think that that I, I think that 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 just makes an awful lot of sense. Um, going back to the the listener's question, you know, if if we reposition the way that they asked it, right, and what they're finding is they're seeing, like what you had mentioned, was budget cuts. And maybe it's not a specific budget cut. Maybe it's sort of generic. You know, how do they? How would you, if you had to make the cut? So now they're not saying, Justin, get rid of XYZ tech. They're saying, Justin, you've got to cut 15% out of your capital budget for software slash software products. How do you figure out either how to do that or how to balance that with other kinds of costs? Or try to make a case where you can be the only organization who doesn't see a cut.
0: Before we go with that one, I just want to go back to something you said for with the RFP process or um, you know, re- request for um, request for artifacts. There's um, that's a that's that's a super key point that that you made. Like um, collecting stakeholder buy-in and business buy-in at that level is. Is definitely the correct way to do it. Um, like, and without a doubt, it's the spirit of uh, there. There shouldn't be any surprises, right? If If everybody knows what you're doing, you bring everybody in. Everybody's on board. Um, you're naturally going to have all the stakeholder support that you need, and that's 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 definitely the the right way to do it. Um, the uh, the the other side that I come back to like the last question that you just asked was. Um, This is going to be a very unsexy answer, and it's probably um, (laughs) probably takes a little bit more explanation than we might have time here for. But um, simply put, I would inventory the tools that I have, or capabilities. Let's let's call them capabilities. I would would inventory the capabilities that I have, right, and I would force rank them, right, and saying which ones provide the most value to my cybersecurity program and the business that I work for. Um, and I would go through the list and say, what, what is it I have to do without, you know, or that, 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 I can do without what, what are the things that would do the business to the least amount of harm if we let them go? Um, I think that's, that's a harder question to answer for most people, but the way I've, I've always philosophically approached, my cyber program is that nothing should be done no effort should be expended unless you know it's providing business value right which also requires that you understand what each technology you bring in and what each feature that technology provides to your business right and so i think it's important as leader to have that have that inventory right like you have like you have one job is to run cybersecurity for the organization that you work for. And it's like, you should like, that's, that's something that, that, that you should at least have a topical understanding of, right? Like you shouldn't, there should never be a scenario where you'd be like, Oh, I don't know what this one does. or I don't know what that does. Or I don't know what this feature is good for. It's like, no, this is like, this is your job. You need to know these things. And so, um, for me, like that, that force ranking was always a pretty easy thing. And, um, if someone if someone came to me at any point during any day, right, of saying, "Hey, can you get back to me in the next thirty minutes?" I'd probably check with my team. I'd say, "Hey, here's my force ranking. Do you guys, just you and my team, agree with this? Any reason why we should change it? No. Here's here's what I would ask. I don't I don't think it has to be a long long thing.
1: I'm going to come back to you with a question based on hundreds of hours of discussions with you, <laughs> um, and, it, and it goes to uh, a word you've used a couple of times that some of the longer-lived audience will pick up on, but maybe the newer newer members won't, which is that idea of feature and capability versus product, right? Because when we're talking about force ranking, it's hard to buy a little bit of a product, right? It's hard to say, listen, can I buy three slices of bread, please? No, you're taking the loaf, right? And I'd say maybe just to get your thoughts on it because you are the, the champion of getting what you need and not – you know, basically anchoring yourself to more than you need, right, to get the security capabilities that you're looking for. Um, what do you think about the option for someone who finds themselves in that scenario they're saying, all right, you gotta get rid of something, about taking a step back and saying, is there a different way to get the features that I need? Right? So maybe I've got maybe I've got three different endpoint platforms, right? Or maybe I've got an endpoint platform and a gateway platform but if i look at them hard right some combination of one of those maybe plus a service that i can do or a service i can acquire externally or something would give me basically the same value but i'm going to have to go back and rethink the architecture that, that i'm using to deliver the security that i think i need but i'm going to take off my i need these five different products hat and say i need these capabilities is there a way for me to assemble those capabilities as features from four products or from three products or from a service provider and two products who knows but you know what do you think about that right you you know have you seen folks do that you know or do we have to really really work hard with the industry to help the market understand that they should be asking for the features and not selling the product you know not just buying the product
0: (laughs) i like like this question well, because it came
1: from hundreds of hours of talking with me, right? <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. Who better? What yeah. Else? Um,
0: you know, the, the way that I would encourage people to think about it is you when you buy security technology, you buy a brand, frame it however you want. Uh, that brand costs whatever amount of dollars. And there's probably one feature in there that's of more value than the others. Hmm. And I would say... Is having that one feature worth the co- the total cost of that brand, right? Like, let's say you're you buy a really expensive platform, make up whatever name you want, right? And saying it can do all of these things, it is the Ferrari of security tools, and you can do you, know, you can do a little bit of this, you can do a little bit of that, you can do this capability over here but really you buy it for that one feature that you know you're going to use and you have aspirational hopes you'll use the rest later, but really that day never comes. The question I would say is saying, is the cost of the total platform worth that one feature? Or is the feature worth all the cost of everything else that comes with it? And I would go out on a limb and say, no, in most cases, it's not worth it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: This scenario exists and it's totally true that um, you can stitch together features from a combination of sources and locations to get a better outcome, right? That's totally doable. The piece where I see people struggle with is not everybody has the expertise and the know-how to put all those things together. Like, I just, For me, like, I've been doing it a long time and I'm, I find security technology to be easy. Like it's, it's easy for me to get my head around it. And if you, if you give me a manual, give me five to 10 minutes with a, with a manual, I can, I I can for the most part tell you all the features where it fits within a security program, um, which pieces you should use, which ones you shouldn't use where to go elsewhere for better capabilities. It doesn't, it's, it's seriously a five to 10 minute exercise, but I've been doing it for a really long time. I think to get our industry to that point, in a more of a, a commoditized way, I don't, I, I don't really like the term, but I can't think of a, a better way, more, a more accessible way. Um, the industry needs to come along too, which means that there needs to be a level of open standards that are widely embraced within the industry to get um, that everybody kind of subscribes to um, to get to a point where there's open interoperability between between technology, but and and features really, but. But honestly, our industry isn't incented to do that today. People make too much money by creating closed systems, and it's kind of at the expense of all the practitioners.
1: Done. So I think we've done a good job of answering. And by the way, I wanted to give a shout-out. It was Chris who sent us that question. I'm not going to say tell anybody where he's from, but thank you. Well, I'm assuming it's he. Perhaps it's she. So... Whoever you are, thank you very much for the question. For our existing listeners, I want to encourage you to send us questions like this as well, because as you can tell by the tones in our voice, the mailbag questions are one of the, the most fun things that Justin and I get to do. So feel free uh, to send those questions in. And just, just to sort of wrap on this, I think that you've heard a number of themes, right, that we've talked about in the past, right, that the uh, shiny object's not necessarily the thing, features of the thing, think strategically about it, be communicating, bring your stakeholders in early. Uh, I really appreciate the question because I think it allowed us to tie a whole bunch of stuff together, and and I think that's a wrap.
0: Nice. All right. Uh, for listening, if you like this episode? Please like, share, uh, help spread the pwned Gospel, <laughs> if you could. <laughs> if you have questions for Jack and I, uh, whether it's mailbag, whether it's uh, security technology questions, product questions, uh, you, you have a question about. You know, breaches, you have topics for Breach of the Week you want us to go through, please send us in. S- send those into to us at poen.newharborsecurity.com. If you need excellent, capable cybersecurity help from people that actually give a shit, you can find us at uh, newharborsecurity.com and you can reach us at info at newharborsecurity.com and we'll get you on the next episode.